0: Yo, this is In Facts Chats, and we are in our home, which is the Cube. It's London home for creators, it's for podcasters, artists, musicians, producers, all of that. It's all about recording your art and getting mm-hmm. paid for it.
1: Ooh, and if you want a free month at the Cube, all you have to do is visit thecube.com, Q U B E.com. You'll see that down below and enter In Facts into the referral field, and you'll get your first month for free. Yes.
2: Okay.
0: Enjoy that. Enjoy that. Bon <laughs> My intuition's telling me I never listen to myself. I should probably listen to myself. That position I was in, if I'd listen, maybe I could uh, help. She's in sync. Alright, here Bam, we are. Yeah. <laughs> here we are. You're listening to in Facts chat.
1: And I am Lemzy, that's L-E-M-Z-I, the Gemini.
0: And I am Amelia poems Mm-mm. no, P-O-A-M-Z, the Pisces, <laughs> it's been the flow, a minute.
1: man, and a catch the yeah. flow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: okay. man. Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> 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 now, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in the hot seat. But
0: Yeah, wait, we haven't really taken a break. No one knows if we took a break. So. What are you well, talking, no,
1: about? No, no. <laughs> talking about? No
0: We've been here. It Working hard. Week. Yeah.
1: Every week. Yeah. yeah. Active. That's let's, how it is Yeah, yeah. Let's kick it off Even though we have told them before That it's br- What? What? Huh? Anyway, anyway So bro, yeah yeah. How are you <laughs> Really? <laughs> I'm very Feel I'm,
3: I'm very, very feel <laughs> I'm very feel <laughs> I'm very
1: feel <laughs> No I'm good you know I'm good Um, Off the back of our last unpacked There was something that You know Brought up Oh like, yeah Ooh, Should we Should we get into it I'm not sure Because I don't know What it's going to look like da 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 <sighs> yeah, and Go the song Ah uh, finesse that's <laughs> in my head <laughs> yeah, now, man. You're yeah, man. <laughs> so with Top Boy, with Top Boy, yeah. I was um I was hoping that I was gonna have a lovely cameo, mm. episode six. I'm not gonna spoil anything for anyone who hasn't seen it, but the beginning of that episode, I, I'll say there's a rap battle. That doesn't spoil anything that happens in the storyline at mm. all, innit? Um, and back in November 2020, me and another artist called Lisha. She's actually been on our podcast, yeah, actually. She yeah, has. of course. Um, we did a whole day of filming. The whole crowd was there. We're going back to back, just saying bare lines. She cussed me out so many times. And fair to play to her as well, she actually won the battle as well. Wasn't okay,
0: it? yeah. Well, was that scripted in, or she just generally won?
1: It was script. No. Do you know what? It was scripted in. But when I first met her, so, like, the day before, they were like, okay, cool, this is Leisha, who you're going to be battling. Mm. And she'd done her Googles and everything. You know? oh, yeah. like, yeah. like, like
0: with Mope, the battle rap. Yeah, Mo- okay. like, she'd gone
1: through my Insta. She's like, cool, I'm going to say this. I'm going to mention these clothes. I'm gonna I am was mm. like, I'll come here with just my ordinary grand bars from back in the day. So I had to write something, memorise it, 24 hours kind of thing. But mm. anyway, we do this day of shooting. Beautiful, wonderful, and we're both gassed. Like, yo, we're going to be in, in top, top row, round. innit? Yeah. And they said, don't tell anyone, because... Yeah, don't tell anyone. Okay, I can keep it. I told you, fam. Couple other people, whatever. Now, as I'm watching, actually, <laughs> no, even before I watched, Bliss, who's in there, who does his battle, he yeah. DMs me like, "Yo, my bro, where's your battle? When's it coming out?" Because they got mine, and it looks great. And duh, duh.
0: wow, he <laughs> actually came to just rub salt in the. Weeds. I was
1: making Bliss. You know that mine's not in it. If you're DMing me, my bro. Wow. And when I watch it, I was like, like. There's a split second you see my face right in the right hand corner. Anyone who does watch Top Boy, look out for my face. At like, but you have to minute. literally. Yeah, you have to literally. If you blink, you don't on your phone on that <laughs> moment, innit? You have to. <laughs> you have to be paying proper attention, and that's my. 0.15 seconds of fame that I got in top boy. And
0: if you hear the energy of how we spoke about it in the I last I <laughs> <Like, laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you from my perspective, yeah. Cuz obviously I'm gas, now. <laughs> like, oh,
3: yeah, <laughs> literally, I'm gas now. I'm
0: gas now. I'm gas now. You've told me you're going to be a top boy. I'm like, oh let me put my phone on silent." You told me you're going to be a top boy. So I'm like, "Yeah, cool. I'm literally now watching it with my eyes alert like, oh, you can pop up at any moment." Yes. I see it's that scene now. The but like battle rapper, I'm yeah. like yeah 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 yeah, and I remember literally just it going <laughs> <laughs> that
1: went yeah, and that you
0: I, like, <laughs> I said oh no no, she's probably gonna come back, and then I then I saw
1: you even st- messaged me like yeah like what what episode was <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <again?" laughs>
0: and then I saw the storyline moving. Yeah, I said wow well, they done limbs like that, uh, and goodness. then yeah, and the worst thing is I told my mom and so she kept up to this day she still asked me where are you in oh, top. Man.
1: They got me. They got me. But this is what happens, isn't it? <laughs> this is what happens in the editing in the movie isn't industry. Yeah,
0: editing in it, and it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: what it's It's got what your is. money. You got it's paid. What it is. Got paid. Had a good day. That was cool. Exactly. You know, yeah, Top yeah, boys is a great series as well. So, yeah, yeah like, can't complain.
0: Yeah, it's okay. So, it's so you, you feeling is. finessed?
1: Yeah, <laughs> 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 I was. I was. I was when I watched it. I thought, I oh, really like couldn't just give me, you know, just the face. Even if it didn't have my voice or Alicia's voice, just our faces in it, like. We're there. Something happened in it, but we move. It's okay. It's okay. It's cause okay. We move. It's okay. It's okay. Because
0: I believe you that you were actually in it. Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know. See, now, in it. Now there's gonna be questions. Like, yeah, I, I believe you, Bruh.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because I mean. That quick clip might not have been you, but I believe look, I you, in it. I
1: can get the screenshot that my dad got. He's like, no, I have to make sure, it. Like, just make sure he, that's you. Receipts. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, yeah, yeah. He wasn't going to let it slide. But it's okay. No, 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 no. It's, it's cool.
1: It's but cool. But aside from that, I'm wonderful. I'm Good. wonderful. Yeah. You're just
0: not that top boy. <laughs>
1: yeah. Don't watch that now. You're I the boy, in the, it, like, You're boy, a the boy in the corner. You're the boy in the side of the screen. I can't screen. even say anything bad about him. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great series. cool. All right, cool. And how are you, Amelia Really?
0: really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, you know. Um, I'm actually, I'm very good. I'm heartbroken because I'm not with Simon from Bridgerton. God. And before Simon from Bridgerton, I'm not with Kano, Sully, <laughs> Top Boy. I'm just tired of all these men that got away. <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> they were on the list, didn't
0: it? <laughs> I'm actually just tired. Like, I'm actually tired of falling in love with characters that are not real. <laughs> like, actually, I'm going to say this. Firstly, everyone needs to just move away from Sully. Can you everyone stop proclaiming their love? Just piss off, yeah, yeah. Kano, Kano or Stop it. Who you in love with? Whoever (laughs) it is. (laughs) They both look the same. I'll have them both. (laughs) Just stop it. Everyone's making all these TikToks talking about. No, just piss off because you weren't with him shooting in the gym. I was with Kano shooting in (laughs) the gym (laughs) from brown
1: eyes days. (laughs) I was from
0: brown eyes days from (laughs) P's and Q's. So piss off. And then I watched Bridgerton the first season yesterday. Binge watched that. Wow.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, the words you use, scandal, it's scandalous, and then Simon. Those are the two words you use to try and scandalous co- Simon. make me think I should watch it. And I'm like,
0: it's the lips. Like see. I was even saying to you in the car here. I really like that area of men. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the lip, chin, mouth area. So you guys just make sure that's tidy know? when you're chatting to Amelia. And then just... yeah,
0: I'm looking at that area for many.
1: Um. <laughs> Oh, okay. anyway, let me not do it you, yeah. Let me yeah, not yeah, do yeah, you. Yeah, this is PG. Yeah, yeah. This is family. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But
0: yeah, <laughs> Simon. Actually, I think his real name is Reggie. Reggie. <laughs> so, uh, Reggie, Reggie if you're
1: listening, Reggie. DM yeah, me. yeah All right. Cool. 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 I don't cool. know
0: why that's a DM, but yeah. call <laughs> me. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, that's how I feel. Um, I'm not with the love of my life, but it's fine. It's okay. Because if the world ends in a week, I'm gonna take crack cocaine.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to that yet.
0: Now, you know what let, me just, let me comment. give people context. Yeah, like, yeah? Why are you even saying the that? I actually feel like the conversations we have when we set up this pod are the, the conversations the conversation that actually need, need to have. be recorded. Because yeah. I basically I'm not gonna get into it now, but I basically asked everyone what they're gonna do if I the mean, world was gonna end.
1: You would take crack.
0: No, but <laughs> I have to give context. No, no, I've never no taken context. crack cocaine before. <laughs> Um, if the world was gonna end in a week, I want to see what the hype is about. Yeah, do you know we what I mean. she
1: all basically said that we do everything. Yeah, yeah. Basically, <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, some people might swim, to, swim America to America at that time, but
1: looking at you, George, like, bro, you're wasting your time, innit uh, Let me change my answer. Instead of swimming to America, I wanna, I wanna bungee jump off
0: the Grand Canyon. This is just no. Yeah. <laughs> but I hear you. Okay. Oh nah, cool, yeah,
1: run that cause, on yeah, crack, <laughs> crack cocaine, <laughs> run that while on crack cocaine. <laughs> run that.
0: 'Cause then that makes a difference. I am really <laughs> yeah, I about, yeah, about to say you're I've really never pushing taken for that this. I've never seen that man before, I don't know who he is. <laughs> Anyways, so anyway. we have our I think I've lost count of the amount of guests that we've had.
1: Fifth, yes, it's a fifth, correct.
0: Are you confident I'm, with that? I'm
1: confident. Fifth. Say it with chest
0: Okay yeah So we have Our fifth guest That is joining us today Obviously This is the podcast It's all about creative millennials And it's about Every creative field Yes And it's not always not about music. Being the person Let's say At the front of the scenes What about the people At the back of the scenes 100%. That are putting it all together Yeah So 100%. we have a producer Sash dancer
1: Slash doing a lot of stuff just for the city of London.
0: Yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, We're going to just talk about some light topics. (laughs) You know, the whole thing of institutionalized racism. But anyway, so yeah, let's bring to the couch, (laughs) Divya!
3: Okay, so cool. happy to have you here, man. Thanks yeah.
4: for having me. Thanks for I made it, it, finally. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No one knows. No
0: one knows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is seamless. Everything's been seamless. Um, yeah, we've obviously, we've done off our... our checking in. Our yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're about to race no, ahead, is it? No, I'm do instructions. Yeah, don't get mad at me. Just top about stuff, yeah? Yeah. Um, <laughs> take
3: out you, in innit. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um, yeah. How are you? really <laughs> uh i'm good i mean i'm a little bit unwell today but i made it because i know i had covid before so yeah we had to okay. reschedule so this yeah, is my yeah. second good. attempt at coming here yeah yeah. yeah but yeah, no nice. i'm feeling good it's really nice to like be with everyone have a good conversation i'm excited yeah the studio is sick so shout really out to, really nice to the <laughs> Yeah. shameless plug <laughs> <Another>. <laughs> yeah. um and obviously we issue
0: you as dancer producer Whatever. How do you like to introduce yourself, I guess, when you meet someone in an elevator, maybe? Do you go, hi, I'm... How do you introduce yourself? <laughs> I'm just Divya. Oh.
4: <laughs> I don't know. I guess, like, producing... Like, we were saying about this before, producing is so broad, right? Mm. But um, And I think... I've been thinking about this as, like, the producer is, like, an artist as well, but also have, like, my artistic background. So, mm. yeah, there's, mm. like... I just, I say I'm a producer dancer, I guess. Okay, cool. Yeah.
0: Because, yeah, let's actually talk about, like, the role of a producer. Yeah. And I I'll guess, be, yeah.
1: I'll be real, yeah. Every, well, not now, obviously, but before, whenever I heard producer, all I thought was music, mm. executive mm. producer, musician, that kind of thing. And then when I started seeing producer, when it came to films, TV, I just conflated producer and director together. And I just thought, oh, yeah, there must be the same person who's doing all of this big job and everything. But what is <laughs> what is a producer what is that title
4: i think to be honest i had the same like before i started producing i didn't really know what producing was either because um and i guess again everyone always pulls in producer and director and you think of like the mm. producer as this person who has all the money and is like yeah mm. just but i guess um a producer is basically like the person who brings a project from point a to point b so like they're the person who's responsible for managing the budget or managing like the artists like recruitment um or uh basically working with like technical teams and stuff so it depends because it's so varied i feel like the producer needs to speak lots of languages mm. and like wear different hats because you could be doing like i produce across like festivals theater dance uh Poetry gigs, music gigs, and mm. at the moment, um, I work for the communities and neighbourhoods team at the Barbican, so I produce like community projects and yeah. projects with young people. So it's so varied and like every day is different. Um, but essentially, you're like bringing the project together. But I guess it's like it's not so much being in a, a project manager role because you have like an artistic lens. Mm. Um, I don't know. Like, it's hard to. It's always hard to explain what a producer is. But yeah, that's essentially what it is.
1: Is it different for if you do something that's like, um. TV film, so it's going to be pre-recorded and then released later. Or two, if it is like a live theater production or a community show or something like that, is it quite a different role that you have to do for both of them?
4: Yeah, I think because I guess like with I I don't do much TV producing actually, but um, uh, it's there's like a mixture of like live event management delivery and then also like the programming of the work. So like before, so if, if I was to do, for example, a festival, I would be involved in like. Curating that whole thing, so like, if it's, so, I just did a five-day film festival called Lit and So Loves Film in September, mm. and I was in charge of like looking after the program. So sure. commissioning different artists who had their own like micro events across the program, mm.
2: um,
4: and then also like being in conversation with like the venue managers, and then bringing staff in, on board and. Um, yeah, basically, like overseeing all of the elements mm. of production, and I guess it gets a bit confusing as well because then the, you also have technical production, which is a different like skill, but a producer is more like the like project manager kind of thing mm.
2: um
0: because I think also, especially as like artists as I said on yourself being an artist as mm. well, again, I've never really understood what a producer is, also like the need of a producer, yeah, if you could kind of like explain the difference between maybe a festival not having a producer yeah (laughs) and the festival having a producer like there's a difference that makes Mm
3: -hmm.
0: in in terms of like what is that if we talk about festivals what does the producer do that is like almost like integral to like why you need producers yeah on these projects
4: I don't think you could have a festival without a producer (laughs) (laughs) because that like that person is like the glue that holds the whole project together Mm. and like it's difficult for you to have lots of moving parts of a project without that one person being like on top of everything Mm. and being able to like oversee all of the elements and tie it in together in like a creative way and making sure that it's responding in the in the right way to the brief and also like responding in terms of like engaging audiences and stuff so that person is really like the glue that holds it all together Mm. and you could have like multiple producers on a project but I do think it always you do always need that role within it and I guess where it gets confusing is you can have so there's different ways a producer could operate so for example I've produced my own show and also like been the kind of artistic director of it Mm. um so I was an artist and producer in that role but you can also be producer at a venue Or you could be producer of an artist who goes on tour and you look at, like, your role is to, like, Mm. be the manager of that artist and take them to different venues and take their work to different places. So, like, there's so many different ways a producer can work.
2: Um
3: yeah
1: (laughs) Mm. okay because
4: i feel
0: feel like especially like when you are an independent artist you kind of feel like you have to do all the roles yourself Mm -hmm. yeah especially even now if you want to organize your own kind of tour if we're talking about music artists as Mm -hmm. well and And i think even even doing a podcast Mm -hmm. having a producer to be like an oversight where because even right now me mainly me and you we have to think about the content and like what we're bringing Cam- yeah. like people that are filming it like new motion like they got to think about right actually like filming it and then editing yeah. it as well and to be honest we if we had a producer <laughs> like could like actually <laughs> tell us what we're doing all, yeah, yeah. but also like again a
1: producer on bbc sorry
0: yeah huh? bbc
1: you don't have a producer. Oh, yeah, yeah, shows, a yeah. A,
0: But that's different. That's a radio producer. Yeah. So that's mm. now just making sure that the show is going out right and that okay. it's managing that kind of oversight of the show. Mm. If anything goes wrong, like, kind of while, I guess, outside of the studio and outside of me presenting, that they're managing that as well. So yeah, I guess yeah. it's almost like damage control. Yeah. And making sure, like, it sticks to, like, what it's supposed to be. Mm. But then also what I feel, again, which you touched on is, like, there's the money element of it mm-hmm. as well. So isn't it a lot of the time that the producers dealing with the money, maybe sourcing the funding or who yeah. gets paid what? And also like as a producer, do you decide how much you get paid on that? Like how how does that work with money and producing?
4: It depends again. <laughs> it's there's no like right answer because you could have like you could be part of a team where there's like a fundraising manager who is Mm. able to like look after the grants and stuff Mm. and you are, you're given the budget and you look after the budget, but they might be the person who sources the money. Um, But in some respects, like when I've put some, when I've freelanced as a producer, I have to like write the application for a grant and then like manage the budget and everything and, and all of the elements that come into it. And it's like, like you said, like artists can do that as well, but I think it just takes, it's a different skill and it takes the pressure off like from an artist to do that work because then you don't have to focus on all of that, like the things to pull it together. You can just Mm. work on your artistry and like the content, like you said. So it's just, and there's things like, um, for example, like even with live event delivery, like there's risk assessment, safeguarding Uh, that you've got to do. And like all of those things come into different ways of producing, but it depends on, and it's a lot about, it's a lot about relationship building as well. Mm. And like, Building relationships with venues and and mm. different uh, artists to bring them in to like collaborate in different ways, so yeah, there's loads of different elements and like moving parts of it that like I don't think I've produced one project that's been the same. All of them have had have different moving parts, um, and it's just how you like shape it. Mm. So you really
1: got to be like a people person to yeah. be a producer in a way.
4: Yeah, and you have to be able to like shape shift almost, like mm. just wear lots of different hats, and like it is about. It's about communicating to different teams. Like, the technical production team is totally different from how you communicate with the artist. But you have to be able to have that language with both of them and be able to, like, make everything coherent so that the project can, like, be seamless, almost. Mm. Um, yeah.
0: And obviously, like, you're you're a dancer as well. Yeah. So, yeah, how was that journey from, like, essentially dancers are the artists. Yeah. So how have you found that in terms of now... I guess, in the spotlight, the artist, mm-hmm. and now working more on the actual projects, pro- project projects <laughs> that are, like, you're more just overseeing it where it's not actually about you, it's, it's about someone else. Like, w- what made you make that decision?
4: Um I, So I used to... I did dance at college, and I went mm. to a dance school for a year. Um And I think... I've always had an interested interest in the production because, like, when I used to do shows at college, I would, like, be interested in the lighting and, like, the music and how things all come together. And I just, like, um whenever we put on a show, that's something that I'd always be interested in. Um I actually took a bit of a weird route, and it's interesting because, like, there's so many different producers and, and everyone's route is not linear. Like, it's, mm. like, everyone comes from a different background. Like, there's people that would come from, like, theatre and become mm. a producer, whereas I came from, like... I actually did dance at college and uni. And then I stopped, I decided that I wanted to like move into a different place. And then I ended up doing events management at uni. Um, mm. But I found that, cause I think I was like interested in the organizing of events and like what that would look like. But what I realized is uh, my degree was like mostly like corporate and commercial events and stuff which I yeah. wasn't interested in. And then I missed like the creative element of it. Um, And I worked at O2 for a year. So I did like all of Mm. their corporate events and then they always hired in external production companies and they did all the content. And I was like, Oh, that's what I'm like really interested in because I don't want to just oversee the event without any creative control Mm. of how it runs. Um, so I think I was interested in production from then, but I didn't know, I didn't know what producing was at that point. And that was obviously like very different way of producing. Um, and then ended up finding, like, the Batsy Arts Centre's Young Producers programme, and I just saw the name producing, and then I was like, okay, cool, I'm gonna try this out. Um,
1: How long ago was that?
4: That was, like, 27, so I graduated in 2016, and then I did BAC's Young Producers in, like, early 2017.
1: You got me to do a Hidden Gems in Battersea, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was through you. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, in oh, the yeah, 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 um, yeah. in the bar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, ages ago. <laughs> never no, it like
3: did. Yeah, never like, <laughs> <yeah>. did. <laughs> you need a little bit here and there. I'm always saying something. That, <laughs> that would be
1: good. <laughs> yeah. No, it was fun. Yeah, because yeah. I was thinking, yeah, that sounds so familiar being in Battersea. And obviously, yeah, it's through you. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. thank you. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. No Yeah so I did that and then as part of it we had to produce their festival Homegrown Festival which was like a youth takeover of the building which was like 18 to 25 year old artists Mm. and it was just really fun and I felt like I found the thing that like I was really excited about because I I liked I liked I like being a dancer but also Mm. like sometimes there's like a lot of pressure around like that work and like I think I really struggled with like dance school about like them trying to shape me into the dancer mm. that they wanted me to be and like I had like a different outlook of like what oh, my yeah. artistry should be so I guess like can it I, just ticked Can I
1: ask you for specifics in that like yes. where did what did they try and shape you into being and what's more your outlook in terms of how you want to express yourself as a dancer
4: I think um, back when I was at dance school it was very different from like now where yeah. we've got like Instagram and everything and also the industry was very different then so I went to a dance school which was mostly like contemporary and a, like basically contemporary ballet kind of thing mm. and that was like the trajectory of what dancers should be like the idea was like you go to a dance school you um join a company and then you perform in, as part of a company and at that point when I was at dance school it wasn't really seen as like a viable career to go into like mm. hip-hop or commercial like it wasn't seen as like a proper technique at that mm. point and I was always interested like my background was like hip-hop dance so I, fe- I really struggled with it because mm. I was like um Uh, and also like yeah the whole like dark schools are very tough Mm. um they really like try and um shape you into like yeah it's very based on what what that school like wants you to do and they were really they really wanted people to be contemporary dancers and i just wasn't that yeah Mm. (laughs) and then i just got like all this stuff oh you're just a street dancer and like you're not Mm. gonna be like yeah so um it really took its toll on me like in terms of my confidence and i didn't think i could be a professional dancer so i kind of like left that aside and just wanted to explore something different um Which is interesting because now, like, hip-hop and commercial dance styles are, like, very viable. You don't need to technically go to a dance school to Mm. train Mm. as a dancer and, like, be professional anymore. Like, you could just go to class and then you can, like, find your own trajectory to becoming a professional dancer. But back then it was not really... I guess, like, I didn't know about the industry in that way. And, like, I didn't know anyone in my family or friends who had Mm. gone into dance. So it was, like, a bit more difficult um, for me to navigate. And, like, yeah, I didn't have... Any mentors or anything like yeah. that, so um, yeah, kind of found it hard. And then I found like when I was there, it kind of took the love out of it for me. So I had to just step away from it for a bit um, and just like explore another route. Mm. But I don't regret it because I'm do- I still dance now, not professionally, but like I just do it for the love of it rather yeah, yeah, than yeah. rather than like trying to force an outcome. Um, but yeah, I really like like producing as well because it uses like a different part of my brain it's like very like strategic as well and I get to work with like lots of different artists not just dancers um which is really exciting like get to work with poets and musicians and actors and yeah dancers Mm -hmm. like all different types so it's really fun because
0: it's interesting listening to you say that as well because it I'm interested in the idea of maybe if you had a a more positive experience in Mm -hmm. dance school whether you would have gone down the route of maybe like exploring producing or was that also like you trying to take back that power and control Mm. there to create the environments where kind of you wish that you were in so let's just say you're in dance school now and they were very accepting and they celebrated hip-hop dance Mm. as well and it was a lot more inclusive do you think you still would have gone down the route of producing
4: probably not I I think I fell in. there we have it (laughs) I fell into into producing I I found it along the way Mm. Um, I didn't know that was something I I was like when I finished when I stopped dancing I never thought that I could love something as much as dance because when you have like an artistry that you love like with all your whole heart
2: it's it's hard
4: to find or compare anything to that and like I didn't know I would be able to love anything as much as that but I actually like really really enjoy producing Um, and I felt like I've been able to do a lot with it that I'd never expected, like...
2: Sick.
4: And I've learned even about different, like, art forms. Like, I didn't know I was into, like, spoken word poetry
2: mm. until mm. I started
4: producing. Um, even started writing a bit of poetry myself in lockdown. Right. So, like, there's, like, stuff that I've di- I've, I've found producing has led me to, which I didn't expect.
2: Mm. So I don't
4: regret it. Um, but, yeah, maybe if things were different back then, then I would have p- continued down the dance route. Um, but... It's what it is. <laughs> yeah, because also,
3: go on. Okay. Also, because <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: also as well, which I think
0: sometimes informs a lot of us in terms of, like the past we go down as well is like maybe what's culturally accepted mm. like yeah. in our cultures and in our households, like, and I think for any creative, especially like millennials, we've had to deal with parents that come from a generation that don't really understand mm. that that route, they don't understand that career they don't see it as a wh- like if anything parents want don't you to make a, a substantial income yeah. that you're okay when they're not here anymore and if you don't have an inheritance or whatever it's like god please don't don't be a creative like, just yeah, like and don't please don't, you know you're don't getting your sing. check at the end of the month like you're good did you feel like you had to almost navigate through that as well or were your family quite accepting or understood that like you yeah you can make a a, a life out of dancing how was that for you
4: that was definitely i had to navigate a lot through okay. that as well um obviously i'm south asian and like uh it's not really in our community scene to go down uh, art like an, a creative career isn't something that's like widely accepted in our community or it's just like there's i think our parents because they came to this country and like they struggled and they had to just find a means to like get money Mm. so and then also i think in our community like there's a real push on they really want us to like stay in education and get something that's like really secure because they didn't have that level of security when Mm. they came to this country so like my um i think my family definitely would have preferred if i did something like medicine or law Mm. or whatever um and so they didn't like i think they knew that i love dance but they were scared that it wouldn't provide me with the security that I needed. So they there was like a, a bit less support from that. But interestingly, I think with when I went into producing, there was less pushback from that because they didn't really know what producing was. Yeah. Uh, so they yeah. were like, they couldn't really argue it because they were like, okay, you're doing this thing. But like, <laughs> I, I don't understand it. So I'm just gonna let you go for it. Yeah. <laughs> which gave me a bit more space to be like, I'm gonna do this. And you're not going to say anything. Just give me a few years to like settle myself, and then you'll see. And then Mm. I think like once they started seeing that I'm making money from it, they just like they were like, okay, cool. Mm. Once you start seeing the money, yeah, yeah, then it changes everything. Oh yeah, you know you're good now. Oh, my daughter's a producer. She's bringing home the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so now like yeah, they see that there you can make a viable career out of a creative thing.
1: Which is it? Because like there's a lot of um well when i think about just creative industry if you think of say um bbc asian network for instance and even the bollywood industry is huge Mm. like do you not think collectively there is this outlook of oh no there is definitely viable institute or not institutions but viable creative routes for people whether it was music dance acting etc like that didn't ever come up in conversation. Was it it specifically because it was dance or specifically more because it was just a creative thing?
4: I think, actually interestingly, I think my parents would have liked if I did, they were always like, you should go do Bollywood, like go Mm. to India and do Bollywood. And that made sense because like, they'd seen like successful Bollywood dancers or like we knew people in our family who'd done that. Um, But I wasn't interested in that. Well, I did do, um, I did classical Indian dance when I was younger. And I trained in it for years. I did Kathak and I did Bollywood. But because I'd done it from young and I, like, my interest was more in, like, hip-hop music and stuff. Mm. So I was always drawn to those styles rather than um, doing Bollywood so much. Um, Yeah, and I was also, like, I guess this is a thing. I produced an event called Cut the Bakwas, which was, like, cut the bullshit in Hindi. And it was also about, like, South Asian artists that represented, like, a different narrative rather than just... Because I think, like when we think of South Asian artists, you always think to, like, Bollywood or Bhangra, mm-hmm. and, like, actually, there's, like, loads of artists doing really cool things that yeah. um, are different, mm-hmm. so... And those styles are great, too, but um, I think I just wanted to, like, explore that there are, there are others, of, like, others out there that are doing different things, so I produced this event at Richmix, Um and that was, like, really me, like, coming to, into my own, and, like, it was really, like, a special moment for me because I got to, like, engage, like visual artists and rappers and um we had like a panel discussion with different like south asian artists and it was really cool just to like make a space for us because i don't Mm. think there are that many spaces for us or Mm. we're not like we're such a big community but like not in the creative industries i don't think we have that like big mark
2: yeah
4: yeah because i feel like in a lot of
0: cultures as well because if i think about the black community it's like if you're an artist, it's almost like you have to fit into this kind of box. Mm. Like it has to be like hip hop. Rap. Yeah, rap. Do you know, it or has to be R&D. rap, and then it's harder. Like if you are a black artist, it's like no, actually, I'm not creating that kind of like. Yeah, you think Indian. about music. So yeah. is, it, like, is it similar in the South Asian community where it's like kind of only celebrating one mm. way of being creative, whether it's like Bollywood or Bangra and whatever? And it's like, is it? Is there still those kind of conversations, like you said, of creating this event of like? well, actually, you know, we can celebrate it all, do you know what I mean? And, like, yeah. emerge now, even of, like, a cross between cultures and stuff yeah. like that. What is that conversation currently yeah. within the South um, Asian community? I don't think... I
4: haven't had I haven't had loads of conversations about it, I don't think, mm. but I think there's, like, really clear roots. There's really, like, big Bollywood companies that I know of, and there's, like, yeah, really clear roots into the doing that work. But I don't think... Like you said, like, there's it's not as clear if you were to go down a different path as an Mm -hmm. artist um yeah maybe because we're just not represented so much in that way um but I think it is changing actually I think especially through like you're seeing like these communities pop up a bit more on social media and there's I I have seen a change over the past few years Mm -hmm. um but I think people just need to it's like being more bold and like uh, in your authenticity Mm -hmm. and like just going for what you believe like what you believe your artistry is um
1: you see with that like that because being bold and like really stepping into what you believe especially if you don't know what the role is that you're about to do Mm. i.e., you didn't know what a producer was when you actually got into it did you ever feel a bit like oh maybe i'm not the right person to be doing this or was there anything Mm. that kind of prohibited you did you ever like stop yourself in fact from trying to fulfill those kind of roles just because you thought i don't exactly know what this is i know i think this stuff is good and i want to bring forward all the things that i believe but I'm not quote-unquote a producer yet. Maybe there's someone more equipped or more qualified mm. who could do this.
4: I actually didn't feel like that. So I feel like when I was dancing, I always felt like that. Like I always had like a bit of an imposter syndrome. Mm. Or being like, oh, I don't really fit in this because I don't see the representation. Like I don't see people like me um, dancing in in that way. So I guess maybe with dance, I did feel that way. But funny enough, when I started producing, the moment I like – when I did the Young Producers program, um, I was like, I'm a producer. Like this is, what mm. I, this is what I am. And from like day one, I was like, I'm a producer. And then I think cause I affirmed it,
2: mm.
4: like it didn't, it made, it just made sense. Like something clicked into place where I was like, this is what I should be doing. Mm. And that really helped because um, I just affirmed it from the beginning. Yeah. And then that helped me like move on. And like in quite a couple of years, I moved on, like did quite a lot of work um and found space for myself Mm. because i think before i was always trying to fit into spaces or being like oh you kind of fit but you don't and then i was just like trying to find my place and i was like when i found being a producer it because you have that ability to shape shift and you don't have to necessarily like be the artist but you can work you can bring in really cool artists that you love Mm. and that can represent what you're trying to portray it made it easier i think um so, yeah, I think something just clicked into place. So, I didn't really have that level of imposter syndrome when I started producing. Um, but obviously, like, when you start working for organizations, some of that changes. But mm. I think that's like natural. Yeah. But yeah, when yeah. I um, started to freelance, that's when I really felt like more, com- like, very confident in it.
0: Yeah, because I was, I was even when I was thinking when you were speaking as well that, like, it does feel like. When you're a producer, you create space. That's essentially what you're doing. Like, you're creating a community. So, like, even us creating InFacts, we were basically producers on that. Didn't know what I was doing (laughs) with that. But we knew, like, who, we we knew what community we wanted to Mm. create. And that also came from us wanting that
1: ourselves. Do you feel like um, producing, essentially, is an extension of the stuff that you're trying to reflect? Mm. So, in terms of how you reflect it, rather than it all just being on you now, the producing element allows you to get other people, whether it's artists, even other co-producers probably, just to help you like put your vision out and make it realistic or make it realised.
4: Yeah, I think so. Especially if you're an independent producer and you're producing your own work, I think there's real agency in that. For example, like with my show, like Cut the Bukwas, like a huge example, I was like, I'm not seeing enough representation of South Asian artists. I was like, I felt like that space didn't exist. Mm. And so I was like, I'm just going to create it. I'm just going to, like, get a space, get the artists involved and create it. And it happened. And it was so, like, uplifting to be able to be like, okay, I don't really know where my community is. But then when I started reaching out, I found it. And Mm. actually, like, there were so many artists that, like, got in touch with me and, like, um, were having the same experiences and, like, felt like they weren't represented. So it was just a real moment for us.
1: Um, I was going to say, with that yeah. do you feel like there's pushback then. So if there's not a lot of representation with you trying to create a new space and a lot of people also feeling underrepresented, is there like any pushback from where you try and make these things happen or does it feel like it's quite easy as soon as everyone's on board, as Mm. in the people who want to make it happen, it's just like, cool, we're going to make this happen, easy.
4: I don't necessarily feel like it's pushback, but I feel like organisations don't know how to authentically represent those communities without... Mm artists with that specific lived experience so they can try and create space which represents different artists and their experience but at the end of the day they're not going to have the level of nuance that Mm. someone like one of us can bring with that with that um with that community with our own experiences with our own like specific lens so i think like it i think that's why it's like it's really that's why i like i never felt when you said the question about how you felt about like almost like the imposter syndrome about being a producer I was like I think that's where my very unique like lived experience came in Mm. and was valuable because it's like no one's going to produce anything like the way that I produce because I'm a different person so it's actually like quite um like yeah it's it like you said give taking your power back because you can actually like relish in that opportunity Mm. of like sharing something different
0: Because on that as well, it's like we are very much in a time where it's, well, it it feels like we are celebrating authenticity Mm -hmm. and we're wanting to celebrate all the different ways people express themselves, um, like come as themselves and find these, create these spaces where people can be themselves, which I feel like also there are a lot of institutions that are capitalising off of that, which is like brings you to the question of what makes it Tokenistic mm. in that right, so let's just say there's a massive institution that has it, and maybe they've been hit under fire that you're not representing like the, the community names. you're in. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> <know Say> names. <laughs> names. I got bills <laughs> to pay, um, but yeah, and they might think, Oh my goodness, they'll bring in like a young producer, or not even necessarily yeah. young, but like a different producer, like create this event because like we <laughs> know we it. need to do That's it. The thing, yeah. yeah, what makes it? tokenistic what's the difference between that being a tokenistic even if we take away the back context of that Mm. and like it actually being authentic like this is this is like truly at its core about the representation here like for you as a producer what's the difference
4: i think like I think it it goes behind, like, the intention of that institution and, like, who, A, who, like, this, this is why I think it's really important for there needs to be, like, representation across the board mm. and not just at a grassroots level um, because, and so maybe, say, for example, I'm just going to say it, like, there's, like, a, a middle-class, like, white is, uh, institution that's run, like, with a board of middle-class white um, members and they are all, like, don't really ha- have that nuance or, like, uh, understanding around specific community but want to authentically engage with them and i think there are ways to authentically Mm. engage but it's about the intention and it's like about um yeah like how do i put it (laughs) 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 unfiltered that's how you put it (laughs) yeah it's like what is the intention behind it is it because you want to show that you're doing the work for your organization Mm. or is it because you genuinely want to have an organization which is diverse which represents like uh, a program that like reflects your audiences Mm. and there's a key difference between those two intentions right so like I think when it it's very very clear when that isn't authentic because because then the work comes out different as well Mm. so yeah I think that's why like representation is super important that's w- and also there's like not a lot of, like I guess the thing about like people don't know what producers are. Yeah. Mm. So there's not a lot of people getting into, like like even with me, I fell into producing. I didn't intentionally f- go to fo- follow a producing route. So I think mm. when you see more people, especially people of color doing this work, then it gives um, other people a chance to see that it's a viable career and then want to do it themselves. And then the more that happens, the more we can start to have like more authentic Engagement with because yeah. like it doesn't make sense if you if you like want to bring in an artist, but then you just have no idea or no nuance around their community, and then it just comes, yeah, it yeah. Just doesn't
0: work. Because <laughs> even because yeah. on that as well, especially when it comes to events, that's very public facing. Mm. That's very much like maybe even like a one time interaction with that community, and there's been a lot of institutions and organisations that have come under fire where like, well, they present this kind of work, but actually in the core of how that actual institution works or that organisation works. Like even for instance, I think it was with um, Pride and then they came up with a lot of the the racism that was in Pride and that's mm. what they had to create. Mm. Like Black Pride as well. And it's like sometimes, especially like maybe the, the events itself are celebrating this inclusivity, but actually, the
1: way it's actually the way
0: it's actually being run... Where no, where no one's seeing that, mm. it's just like, are the values aligning here? Mm. Is this just because, oh, look at us being so great and, like, celebrating everyone, but really the way you talk to people, like, the way you manage that whole event has been very problematic. Mm. I guess as a producer, I mean, yeah, have you... Well, I mean, you don't have to name names, but <laughs> have you ever, like, been in those times where actually this feels really wrong, that, like... yeah yeah 100% yeah
4: <laughs> but that's that's because like the system at all levels is failing mm. even from funders because the funders so first of all like the way things are funded is through like it's qu- it's um quantitative so it's like you, it's all about numbers yeah mm. yeah. yeah. It's like you have I'm to so
1: bad it, with those funding applications just because of that kind of stuff
4: yeah and like funding applications are like a not accessible for like lots of people mm. but the way that you have to report on funding is like oh you have to engage a certain number of people but it's not actually about the quality of the work or yeah. um the like yeah or or even like we i don't want to name names <laughs> but uh, yeah i work for an institution and they were funded by a foundation and the foundation had a very specific way that um they wanted us to report back mm. to them to like let them know about like the success of the events and it was all like just like okay, how many people did you engage? It's not about the quality or the yeah. value behind it. It's just about like we want to see. We we're giving you an opportunity to basically just lie about how good it was mm. <laughs> because of the way it's like structured. So like at all levels, it's failing.
1: How how would you lie about it in that situation? though? would it be like you just fudge the numbers basically?
4: Yeah, basically. <laughs> mm,
1: <laughs> but then for them, naming. that's good enough as yes. long as I'm not saying you have obviously <laughs> I haven't. Of course, but of I know that. But that's that's how people could get away with it. They could say, oh, do you know what? There were, you know, their target's a 1,000. They said, yeah, we had 990 people Mm. that turned up. But how, because no one's going to be there to check the tick, how do you get away with that is kind of what I'm thinking.
4: Because it's just like a form that you fill in.
1: Oh, so you can write anything you want.
4: I mean, you're not supposed to, but...
1: (laughs) But hypothetically, (laughs) a bad producer, Mm. (laughs) someone who's not got the morals or integrity that you do, could just write anything they want.
4: Basically. But Uh then it's like... The thing is, there's not really accountability to check. Like, for example, again, not naming names, but, like, for example, I worked on a programme and then, like, lots of the teachers had complained about... So it was a dance programme, but lots of the teachers had complained about the management of, like, how that programme was run. Mm. But, like, that was not taken... Taken up to a higher level in terms of like the accountability. Mm. So like even so, what was being reported was like the numbers of the of what was delivered, but actually not the experience of all of those people at a grassroots level who had like struggled with Mm. the management of that program. So like there's there's ways there's loopholes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I've got okay two questions. Firstly, especially with producing, it is about also like getting the money to Mm. be able to fund to pay the artists and whatever. How important is it sometimes? Because even I felt like this, like, okay, we might get this money from a very problematic institution, (laughs) but actually the way we're going to use their money is almost in a way of being like an activist and Mm. being like, screw you, we're going to get your money. I know you actually don't even stand for this stuff, but as a producer, I almost feel a bit removed that I could be like, hmm, we're going to do it. Like, like we're going to make this event, create this space, whatever, pay these artists. Yeah. But then sometimes from the outside in, you can be like, how, but you're funded by this very problematic institution. How do you, like, where's that balance in like being like almost like F you, we're going to take your money and do whatever to also like, ah, we're actually funded by this very problematic. I've got an opinion
4: on this as well. It's hard because then even with funders, there's stipulations around that funding. Like what do you need to feed back to them? And like what they want from, like people don't just give you money for free. They obviously Mm, want something back from it. So,
1: do they always though? I thought some funders, it's like it's just an investment, like it's literally just a grant sometimes.
4: As in, yeah, uh, well, it might not necessarily be like, like if it's like a government funded grant or something. Right. But it also needs to like that not necessarily like financially given back, but is in a sense like um, they it's their reputation, isn't it? Like Mm. there's, there's always, there's always an exchange. Look at
0: us. This is what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, There's always an
4: exchange that happens with funders, even Mm. whether it's not like, see if, if it's an invisible exchange. But, um, I think, I think personally, if there were other funding bodies that rep, like replicated the values of more of our community's work, that would be obviously a preference. Mm. But at the moment, like, it's really all about pow- like power isn't it and like who holds who holds that power that's mm. the thing a lot
1: of these funding circles it's like a boys club unfortunately. Yeah, that, like yeah the money is held by a, a small portion of people but it's mm. a lot of money mm. and i don't know i feel like where we are looking for ethical money especially depending on how much you're looking for if it's a small amount you definitely should be able to but if it's larger amounts looking for ethical money is very difficult in the Mm. system that we have like Mm. there's always or almost always going to be that byproduct of i know what you have done over here in the world or what you might do here in terms of your employees or what you might do here in terms of how you use your money generally but i think kind of what you said if you know your intention is cool as soon as i have this whatever it is let's call it ten thousand pound, whatever i know that I'm doing this to ensure there's some sort of change. Even, mm. like, I can't affect maybe how your organisation runs, but I can affect how people perceive this whole demographic mm. or this whole institution or whatever it might mm. be. So for me personally, I'm I'm just like, yeah, yeah. get it, get, mm. get it and make in, a change.
4: In that... Yeah, go on. I was going to say that's where it becomes conflicting because mm. you know that that's when it does become a bit tokenistic if they mm. benefit off your work and you're actually the one putting in the work and the mm. labour to get and to to support that group of people, those artists or whatever, but actually that funder or that institution is benefiting off of you. And like mm. really on the grand scale of things, mm. what they're giving you is not a lot.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Now, now my second question, which now turn into, I've got two more questions. <laughs> so my second question now is mm-hmm. at what point because obviously institutions, they can change. It takes a very, very long time, yeah. and especially the time that we have been through, where there have been protests and almost like people have been forced to like look in and be like, okay, we've been doing this wrong. Sorry, mate. We're, we're gonna have to like sort this one out. Yeah, like the yeah, yeah, yeah. sh- sh- gigs up, the gigs up, whatever. <laughs> When, at one point, do we kind of go, do you know what? Yeah, they were like that, but they are trying to make a change. And and how does that, what does that actually feel like to Mm. work with an organisation where, yes, you were problematic, but I can genuinely feel that you're actually trying to learn and change.
4: Yeah. Like,
0: how do you spot that from someone that's just trying to benefit Mm. off of it Mm. and someone like an organisation that's actually trying to change?
4: I think it comes down to that thing of authenticity again, doesn't it? It's Mm. like, how willing, uh, like... Are they saying everything that you want to hear on paper but are they actually holding themselves accountable? Are they willing to learn? are they willing to change are they willing to make space for new leaders mm.
2: um,
4: I think it a, a lot of it comes down to leadership as well and because like it might be like one person that changes the trajectory of an organization based off like their leadership because mm. if you there's always going to be people that are like they, they stop progress they're enemies of progress mm. like, and if they're stuck in those positions and they're not allowing the change to happen then you're gonna hit that roadblock but that's why we need like we need leaders mm. of our fields we need more people like us that kind of come up eventually and like take over those yes.
3: Facts.
1: do you feel like you're ever able to have like negotiations basically with these institutions as well because if you are i, d- I don't know let's just say x institutions been around for hundreds of years or whatever and they've in their minds they've got this way of being and doing mm. you as a new individual and you're an independent creative producer etc do you feel like you're able to have a negotiation to say look yes you've got the money and you've got the reputation mm. but you actually need me mm. in order to actually yeah. enact some sort of change do you do you feel confident in being able to do that
4: i think i do now but i didn't before, before mm. when i started producing um but i think you really have to be intentional about putting yourselves in those spaces mm and it does take a lot out of you as well because like like we were talking about like we've had like conversations around like racism at our workplace and like and it's hard being the like the person of color having to speak on it all the time
2: yeah Yeah. and
4: and that comes with like a lot of emotional baggage and like it's Mm. a it's a a lot but and also you feel like i don't want to have to be that person speaking on it all the time but also if i wasn't there then who would mm-hmm. so you have to sometimes position yourselves in those places or be like more strategic or like where can you get yourself on boards like yeah i'm a trustee for a youth charity on a board um i'm like the co-chair of for the race network at the city of mm-hmm. london so i it's I a position big thing th- as well like, big <laughs> it's, thing. A, it's a lot but it's like you have to position yourselves mm-hmm. in those places yeah. because that's the only way that you're gonna be heard because they're not gonna hear you from being, like, sitting on your own, being quiet. So, yeah, I think it does come down to confidence and, like, remembering that. I think when I started producing, I was fortunate to have, like, some good mentors and, like, I think something that stuck with me is, like, you deserve a seat at the table, like, saying, Mm. telling yourself that and remembering that because, like, those tables have been filled with the same people, like, for years and years and years. So for you things to shake up, you've got to, like demand your space and know facts. that you deserve it yeah because
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, even with that I was thinking to myself as well that like let's just say now if we look at festivals for instance like we all love festivals loads of money's made from festivals and generated through festivals and let's just say we've got our typical festivals that have been running for time I don't really know who's behind all of this but I'm yeah. thinking 9 times mm. out of 10 is majority white people that are doing it but it might be with a lot of hip hop artists or yeah, like yeah, yeah. black artists that are leading on it obviously that changes who's coming and the crowds and the community that's bringing and then I think to myself and I'm not going to name names of like <laughs> particular festivals that have been created where they're very much created like by black people but it's been an absolute shambles
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean, like we gonna, know where you might be and uh, then
0: and you know yeah and i do think to myself though but then we have to also think about like who's been holding this power and almost expertise for so long that like they have all the resources in place to make sure that it is lit and everything's under control whereas now you might have a another organization that is to the core yes it is it is representing like from who's creating it to who's performing it is representing it. But the execution is just a bit of a mess mm. where that does sometimes lead us, which is a kind of two questions here that like one, how almost, I guess, what's the word should I use? How should we be a bit more what kind to, to yeah. these organizations that maybe cause they're not, they haven't been running for time. They have just popped up in the last couple of years and it is a mess and <laughs> they're not going to maybe be on the same standards as mm. other ones so that's one question, like, how kind we should be there. Second question is also, though, like, how do we actually create that change? Do we go off and make our own organisations yeah. where it is just
1: yeah.
0: us doing it? Or do we go into these institutions, like you said, and pull up a seat at the table mm. and try and change it there? And what what where's the pros and cons in that? Because, like you said, it's, it's mentally exhausting to be yeah. in these institutions where you're constantly almost having to prove your worth and prove, no, actually... <laughs> It's not working. What you're trying to do for one, there's value in, in us. Yeah. There's value in our audiences. Or go over here, where now we're gonna have to really work from the ground up. It See that? <laughs> I
1: think it because because it's like an or. I think that's the thing that holds us back. when mm. really it's like it's not Malcolm it or both. Martin. It's both. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you have to do both because when you uh, it made me think about countries. Mm. Like when we think about how young a lot of what ex Commonwealth countries or colonized countries are and how I don't know 60 years a lot of them let's say Nigeria for instance 60 years you look at America has been independent for however many Mm. hundreds of years now still a mess still (laughs) trying to get it right and (laughs) like they're still trying to get it right Mm. so when I see or hear yeah there's corruption in Africa and Asia and all this stuff I'm like yeah they're really new they're still learning Mm. and it's the same thing with Mm. produced events like we're not naming names so we won't say names but (laughs) They're going to get it wrong. Yeah, we will get it wrong initially. they already...
0: There's been a lot already. <laughs> they, will,
1: they will get it wrong, but it might be the first one. And that's the thing. Like, I feel like we do, we do have to be kind, but in being honest and being firm, that's also being kind. Like, if you say, yo... This event was whack, bro. Mm. This is what you can do the to make sound
0: it better. The was whack.
1: I yeah, or <laughs> sis, like yeah, <laughs> the stop crowd that. safety. But, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> <what> but <laughs> you know what though, I think there's a level a of kindness list.
4: because you're also putting people at like you're taking people's money. You're yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's risk. what you
1: have to be firm with it. Like mm. this is what you have to improve on as well. It's not just like okay, yeah, you're one of us, so it's all right. Don't worry, did it. It's like no, bro. Or sis, we need this to work. Mm. We want this to work as well. So these are the things you have to listen to us in it. Because, mm. yeah, you, if you keep making the same mistakes, then you're not going to be able to do it. We're not going to have anything mm. that represents us, and we're just going to be left in the mud
4: when we set up new programs or new events and things with our communities we need to remember that we have to learn from like what's come before mm-hmm. so I think what i found is that you've seen this work happen but then also people are replicating the same systems of mm-hmm. oppression that they're trying to get away from because everyone's in this rat race where they're, they're in survival mode they're just trying to get money they're trying to get su- mm-hmm. success so then what happens is they end up replicating yeah. these exact systems that we're trying to get away from mm-hmm. so it's like you have to be really intentional from the ground up to like like set up these these things in a way that like is fruitful for your mm. community because yeah. otherwise it's just gonna do the same thing. Yeah, we almost need to that's decolonize a, gonna, the ways that's that we're working. Mm. Because
1: it's not necessarily the personnel; it's actually the system. Mm. Yeah. Because if yeah, as you said, if we do exactly what other people have been doing in like ten years, we're just gonna look and be like, yo, but you lot are exactly the same as the people who oppressed us it's before, like, and yeah. it's like, how are you? How do you enact that change then? Is it by having really innovative people or producers Mm. who say, cool, so this is how it was now, this is how it's going to look, like a whole different landscape of what events might look like or anything like that?
4: Yeah, I think, and this is why I say that producing is a skill. It's not just like throwing an event together. You have Mm. to actually think intentionally about what you're delivering and like spend time like teasing it out and like Mm. thinking about like the legacy of a project and like not just delivering a pro- like something that's going to happen on the day and that that be mm. it like mm, you have yeah, to yeah. like there, there's a lot that goes behind producing that I think people don't see yeah um mm. that and that's like why you see all these festivals and you're like you can't <laughs> just have any guy producing a festival yeah. like mm. <laughs> with no skill exactly <laughs> Because, yeah, like you said, you can't just
0: be now, instead of just having a bunch of white people in that space, just have a, maybe a bunch of like black people, or Asian people, but it's with the same system. Yeah, it's yeah. The same So then thing it's running. just still like, yeah, yeah, just all the same problems. What I wanted to ask though go on. is I have one more question what? Go on. Okay, let's see if we can fit into what would you really like in terms of the event world and the event industry and producing events? What is something? a change that you'd really like to see Mm. that you just feel like would almost radicalize just this and the big words of (laughs) us like just changing how the current state that we're in
4: Mm. that's a big one Mm. um i think i think the funding thing is a is a key thing because i think we need to because i think the way things are funded and the way people like try and get money for projects it it, like, makes us stuck in this rat race. Mm. So I think if there was, like, some really, like, innovative, like, funding models from that end, then that's going to, like, change the trajectory of, like, how we, like, produce work. Because I think at the moment we think about producing really exciting, innovative things, but we don't think about the whole, like, lifeline of something. So I think, yeah, definitely in terms of, like, who's funding the work, what are their values, and, like, there being, like, an, a whole accountability change for, chain for, like, how things work. Mm. Because at the moment, it's just, like, the accountability sits with that particular project and not anything uh, surrounding yeah. that. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but... No, yeah, that's,
1: I yeah that's really important.
0: The money basically where we're we getting the money from. Yeah, like exactly. yeah. yeah, I guess like almost how how, it, how, is is it coming how do you prove to them and that the money was valuable? Mm. Because I guess they're just looking at numbers, they're not really looking at impact Actually, and we speak mm. a lot about in our in our department like how do you measure impact? Mm. Mm. Because right now currently in the way things are the way it measure impact is like how many people came. Yeah. Or oh, how many black people did we have? How many Asian <laughs> yeah, people did yeah, we yeah, have? Yeah. How many, like, it, it's just, it's so, but it's about what did those people take from that? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that, and like, what's the long, like, what did they do after? What did they go on and do? How did that impact their actual lives? Did yeah. they have a change in attitudes and a change in perspectives? Mm. Or did they just come to an event for two hours, have a good time, leave, eh, forgot about it. Yeah, do you know yeah, what exactly. I
1: mean? <laughs> By next week it's done.
0: Exactly. Right. Your so, question.
1: yeah, so my last question was, what is, what is like, your unique imprint that you put onto your events as a producer?
0: Um, That's Blair.
1: Yeah, so people know <laughs> I'm at a Divya at one.
4: Yeah. Um, oh, it's hard to say. I think just... I think just the level of care and I put into my work and just... I think it, it helps to have come from an artistic background mm. and, like be an artist and then be a producer because I have that understanding um so that and also I think just like bringing my own lived experience and authenticity into like anything that I do and I try yeah I try and be authentic in any, anything that mm. I deliver see. and put yeah a lot of care behind what I deliver so which I, I can vouch for that
3: no, I I feel, I've been to yeah. a couple of your
0: events as well so <laughs> I see it yeah exactly and I see know how it. you work and and Just the conversations you have outside of when you're programming Mm. and stuff and how, yeah, careful you are Mm. in... Like making sure everyone feels valued and communicating, but also do you feel like sometimes that's also at the detriment of yourself? Sometimes, where do you feel like maybe you're not taking care of yourself because you're being trying to be so Mm. let me make sure everyone's everyone else is okay, but I'm really getting trampled on here.
4: (laughs) Yeah, that's something I've had to manage because I'm definitely Mm -hmm. I'm definitely a big empath. I'm definitely a giver and like that's probably why I got into producing in the first place mm. because it is about relationships and stuff but um that's something that I have had to manage like especially when you get invested in like working with young people yeah. working mm. in a project and like really caring about that group of people then like yeah you have to manage the boundaries of that mm. and like making sure you look after yourself as yeah. well um because it's like some of it when it's not not when it's a project with a community group it's like emotional work as well as yeah. as, as just like delivering a project
0: exactly and the big difference of that anyway when you're doing community work you can't just be like almost extracting from mm. that community group yeah. when it's like really traumatic Especially experiences it's yeah, like exactly. this yeah. is great yeah talk about talk about your homelessness yeah, gr- yeah. Do you know what i mean but there's no holistic yeah. support around it you have to go in almost wanting to give parts of mm. yourself mm. and 100% to for you as g- well yeah. if you're
1: taking on a lot of these different situations as well then yeah you'll obviously need some sort of support going through mm. that as well
4: yeah because we talk a lot, a lot about this like in our work like yeah. how to create generative spaces that aren't extractive mm. of yeah. a particular group and that should count for everyone as well mm. I guess yeah. as a producer as well so that's something to consider mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: there you go that's the innovative one that you're gonna have so yeah,
0: we are i feel like yeah no we got, got rushed we, out of we're here we're getting rushed out of the room man <laughs> yeah. it's our fault for talking too much about the world ending in one week <laughs> yeah. before but um Leah, let's firstly just round this up by thank you thank for very you much so yeah for coming. for coming
1: through and just being so open and transparent about production your journey so far and everything like mm. it's been proper proper sick
0: and like if someone watched this right now i was like i need to book divya as a producer <laughs> where do they go
4: well, I'm actually fully booked Yeah, she's <laughs> booked her, she's there, busy. yes, that's the response. Um, but yeah, where can people find out <laughs>
0: more just about you and if they've got that eye on you maybe in a few years?
4: Uh, Do you know what I need to set up on my website? Okay. But mm. I do have social media, um, yeah. at Divya Dancer on Instagram nice. and at Divya Dancer underscore on Twitter, although that's much more work vibes. I'm mm. more on Instagram, so yeah, follow me on there. Okay, so, cool. Um... But yeah,
3: that's me. Cool. Cool. Thank
1: you so much.
0: Thank you. I don't, we don't even have time to know in facts. Yeah, no, yeah, no in facts,
1: no opinion. Oh, you had a quick fact. Yeah, that from there's no tequila in Desperado. Jeez, there it. we go. We. <laughs> <laughs> it's tequila <laughs> flavored. There's no
0: actual tequila in it. I thought everyone knew that, but obviously, I, d- I, I did, did not know, know that. that. Yeah, there's no tequila in it. Yeah, I know. It's
1: cheeky. We've been cheating ourselves this whole time, yeah. it? like, It's just
0: tequila flavored. Dead.
1: but another fact <laughs> about
0: that though really quickly about tequila God. is tequila is more about the region that it's made in so i think it's made from i can't i can't remember what the plant or whatever it's made from but it has to be made in that region that's called tequila uh, for it to be called tequila so like champagne and it, almost kind of and if it's made outside of that region it can't be called tequila because i think in mexico uh, it's everywhere this plant i think it's the agave 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 I don't know how to say it no idea uh, so this is kind of <laughs> like a fact but do a bit more research <laughs> but it's more <laughs> about the guys. place that that it's made in or grown in that it can only be called tequila yeah, and so everywhere tequila else is called Tequila
1: no I'm thinking about oh, them oh tequila
0: like, shot yesterday just,
1: just thinking about them now like oh my god it's come from a certain place. yeah nice yeah. thank you <laughs> thank you for that but
0: yeah so yeah but yeah we're gonna actually get rushed Ooh, in yeah, a minute we're gonna come <laughs> out of
1: here so yeah <laughs> here. thank you Divya so much thank for everything you. Big up you.
0: Yeah, big up you, big, up new, big motion, up new Motion, big up The Cube. And we out. We out. My intuition's telling me I never listen to myself. I should probably listen to myself.
3: That position I was in, if I'd listen, maybe I could have uh, helped.